When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. It's promo code TURN, T-U-R-N. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome to a very special edition of At The Turn. We are hitting it hard today. I am pumped up. I'm Joe. Nick, are you jacked? I, I, I'm so stoked. I've got the jitters. <laughs> you can say I've got the jitters for this episode. Is it coffee based or are you just excited for the show? First tea jitters. Come on, Joe. I'm trying to make like a ah, allude into our topic. You I got gotcha. you. Explain it. You blow up my spot. Okay. Well, I'll explain <laughs> this. Today's episode is all about the long ball. We're talking to two legends of long drive. First, seven-time Canadian long drive champion Lisa Longball. What a name. Then, the man who's ranked number one in world long drive, Maurice Allen. So Maurice has won. Back-to-back events in the long drive, and he hit a 483-yard drive recently en route to a victory at the Mile High Showdown. Then he did this. Man, somebody asked me before how I feel, so I guess the best thing I can tell you is you talking to the Rolex-wearing, diamond-ring-wearing, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, jet-limousine-riding, jet-flying, son-of-a-gun. And I got the hardest time holding these alligators down. Now give me two claps and a Ric Flair. 
Now, if that doesn't get you jacked up, I don't really know what to tell you. I'm a big Ric Flair fan, and as soon as I saw that, I'm like, wow, we have got to try to get this guy on the pod, and he did join us. So, uh, Nick, these were both really great, informative chats, great guests. Yeah, this was uh, this is a big day for At The Turn. Uh, I, I'm just really excited for this, and... Joe, everybody loves to crush a drive. I mean, obviously, you know, rolling in some long putts is fun, but there's no more addicting feeling in golf than just crushing one down the fairway. And we're talking to two people today who do that for a living. I mean, (laughs) how awesome is that? Let's do it. Let's get to our chat with Lisa Longball. Joining us now is the seven-time Canadian long drive champion, Lisa Longball Veluswick. Lisa, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been an, an awesome start to the golf season and uh, just gearing up for the World Long Drive Championships coming up in a couple weeks here. Yeah, we're excited about it too. So let's start at the beginning though. What was your path to getting into long drive? You know, it's funny. I, 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 I went into golf when I was in about uh, grade eight. Uh, I, I, my, I was my dad's last hope as a golfer. There was, uh, you know, 60 boys in me when he took me to the local junior night. And the coach, I was the only girl. The coach kind of said, hey, you know, go hit your six iron at the end of the range. And he kind of ignored me for the rest of the night and worked with the boys. So I actually quit golf, maybe playing nine holes a year with my dad if he forced me. And it wasn't actually until I was in university that my boyfriend at the time, now husband, he started golfing for work purposes because he was invited out to corporate and charity tournaments, so he dragged me out to the local munis, and uh, I started uh, playing myself and uh, started entering some competitions, and um, I was 80 to 100 yards past the other female playing partners, so I saw an advertisement for a long drive competition, and I entered, and I won with a 313-yard drive with a set of clubs I bought from Costco, so that's kind of how it got started. Wow. So... (laughs) So it sounds like that was just a strength, a natural strength of your game. You didn't really put a lot of emphasis on winning long drive competitions. You just showed up and, and were successful. Is that still the way it is? Or now do you hone in on a, on a swing to get uh, the most distance to win these competitions as opposed to what's going to shoot you the lowest score on the course? Well, see, and that's a great question because I've, I've had that struggle of trying to go between long driver and also trying to, you know, play on the Canadian Women's Tour. I've done a Monday qualifier for the LPGA. But the, the two swings, one swing for long drive, you're trying to swing as hard as humanly possible. And in, in full golf, you're trying to hit fairways. Like, you know, it, it doesn't help your score much when you're, you're, you know, trying to hit it as far as humanly possible. You're out of bounds and laying three off the tee. So, so I, I definitely have had to hone it in for a long drive swing and, 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 and pick a priority. Um, and, and and since then, oh, I've absolutely, I hadn't worked with any coaches at, at the first point when I first won my first long drive competition. But after that, I've worked with coaches, and, and it's been absolutely vital uh, to, to my work. I'm working with uh, Paul Horton right now. He's the um, a swing instructor for Stephen Eames, former uh, um, players champion and multiple winner on the PGA Tour. So it's kind of cool that, you know, he, you know, he uses golf instruction as a basis, but knows that we're looking for maximum speed and power. So, Lisa, the- you're a long driver in addition to trying to qualify for regular golf tournaments. So how do you strike the balance between the two? Well, I've actually, st- the last couple of years, I haven't focused on, on, on hitting um, or, or playing in the, in the qualifiers because I realized it's just, it's too hard. I still have the goal and the aspiration to hopefully maybe m- one day Monday qualify. I, I don't have any aspirations to play on the LPGA Tour full-time, but it would be amazing to try to Monday qualify for the Canadian Women's Open. would be very cool. But So for now, I have, for the last couple of years, I haven't tried to make that balance and focused on, on long drive and trying to, again, you know, tr- try to get as much clubhead speed and ball speed as you, as you possibly can can 
Is the driver that you use for your long drive competitions the same club you, you use on a, on a regular round? Well, I really struggled with that. So at first, uh, so the maximum legal length that USGA allows is 48 inches. And I would say most long drive co- competitors, not all, but most would, would, would max out at, at the 48 inches. Um, so that is my, my, my competition driver for, for long drive. And I tried to switch back down to a 45-inch play driver when I was trying to compete in some of the events. And uh, I found that I had swung tens of thousands of times with my long drive driver. So I ended up going back to that because I was more comfortable with it. So uh, the only thing is, the shaft is made for swinging super hard, so it's trying to make sure that your equipment can still match, you know, that, you know, the ability of, of maybe not swinging as hard as I can when I'm competing in the full golf events versus uh, long drive. Lisa, give us an idea of what it's like on the long drive, the long drive circuit. How many events yeah. are there a year? How much travel is there? What kind of prize money are we talking about? Well, you know, it's relatively new coming back for tour events. So I've been in the sport since 2001, uh, so which was it's been pretty exciting to see how this sport has grown in the last 16 years. And uh, back in 2002, three, and four, we had tour events all across uh, the United States. So Chicago, New York, Albuquerque, uh, it, you know, amazing events again across the United States. And then um, the women's division, we, we've gone through kind of ebbs and flows of trying to grow our division and 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 and, uh, and sustain it. So the, as 2004 was the last time we had had a, a tour event until this year. So this year, so a couple of years ago, the Golf Channel purchased what used to be called the Long Drivers of America, the LDA, which was our governing body for long drives. And uh, so the Golf Channel purchased it a few couple of years ago, realized that the women's division is so exciting, really fun to watch. And after last year, uh, on her sixth and last ball, Phyllis Meddy from New Zealand, you know, bombed an over 300-yard drive into a, a, almost, I think it was almost a 20-mile-an-hour headwind at that point. Uh, to win uh, to our world championship. So, you know, super exciting, and they realized it'd be great for television. So they've brought the women back uh, for tour events. So I believe there's around five or so tour events for the men throughout the year, plus world championships. And the women are, have been invited to two of them now, and those both are televised tour events. So our first one was in Mesquite, Nevada, called the Clash in the Canyon, uh, back in uh, June, which was, uh, holy cow, 40, or I was to say 40 degrees Celsius. That's Canadian. I'm now talking Canadian. So it was in the, you know, over, it was over 100 degrees um, uh, Fahrenheit when we were um, competing down there. And then just a couple weeks ago in Denver, uh, the Mile High Showdown uh, was, was contested. And for the first time, women went over 400 yards um, up in, you know, obviously with the Mile High. And uh, we had some great conditions out there. Four women took it over 400 yards, which was exciting. And then, of course, our, it all culminates with our World Long Drive Championships in Thackerville, Oklahoma. And this will be the third year that we're in Thackerville, um, which will, will be competing live on the Golf Channel September 5th and 6th. Lisa, one thing I'm curious about, you say there's roughly five events, a half dozen or so. Yeah. So what does the rest of your year consist of when you're not doing long drive events? Are you a brand ambassador for different golf brands? Uh, Are you an instructor? What does the rest of your golfing calendar look like? Well, it's funny because, you know, being from Canada, everyone thinks, well, you know, you're snow-capped in the winter. But, no, I, 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 I'm involved in the golf industry year-round. So, uh, first and foremost, I'm very proud to be a Callaway uh, golf ambassador. So, I, I, I've been hitting Callaway. This is my first year with Callaway. And so, um, love, love supporting the brand. And uh, I, I also wear their apparel, which is produced by Perry Ellis. And then their shoes, which this is new for 2017. And the Callaway shoes, which are by New Balance, um, have been absolutely awesome. And then I also run my own golf school, both 
in Canada in the summertime and then in the U.S. in, in the winter. So I've gone down to Phoenix and Las Vegas and run the Lisa Longball Golf School. And then I'm also a keynote speaker at conferences and conventions. So I, I, I travel all across North America, usually opening or closing keynote uh, speaker at events, talking about how I went from a 30-plus handicapped recreational golfer to a seven-time Canadian long drive champion. Uh, and I'm also a golf journalist, so I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to write for several publications, and I've, I've traveled all over the world uh, doing golf travel reviews and also giving golf instructional bits, uh, which is pretty neat. So it, it definitely keeps my calendar full throughout the year, uh, in addition to being a mom. Wow, that sounds like it keeps you pretty busy. <laughs> well, I'm the only mom. It's kind of cool. I'm pretty proud to be the only mom competing uh, at the World Long Drive Championships. So, Congratulations. Thank um, you. What's the pressure like when you're in these competitions, and especially coming up knowing the World Championship on uh, Golf Channel? What's it going to be like standing over your first shot, standing over your last shot, if you know you need to make a, make a certain distance? Uh, what does that feel like? You know, it's, it's, it is a tremendous amount of pressure, and so a lot of it, you know, you can have all the skill in the world, but it, it, it very much comes down to a mental game as well. I think you have to have that confidence stepping up to the tee. For your listeners, our, in long drive, we get three minutes. We get eight balls and three minutes, and you try to hit the ball as far as, as humanly possible in that time. The ball can fly out of the grid, but it must land in the grid. The grid is about 50 yards wide and over 400 yards long, and so I think when you're standing over that first ball, a huge key strategy in our sport is to get... To to get a really good drive in in your first three or four balls because you don't want to be staring down at the last ball or second last ball and having zero balls in the grid and knowing that you have to try to hit your best ball because that's when tension creeps into the swing and I must say tension and grip pressure are, are just club head speed killers so again for your listeners out there if they're looking to hit it a long way relax those hands relax that grip pressure if you're looking to take it deep. Uh, that leads me into the next question I was going to ask you mentioned that you went from a 30-plus handicap to a seven-time world long drive champion. I've yet to win the world title yet. I've come second in the world. I've been third. I'm currently top five, but but oh, that world title has eluded <laughs> me thus far. I, I apologize. I know, um, no, that's okay. Um, but what tips do you have for, for the mid-handicap golfers just looking to maybe hit the ball a little bit farther? You know what, quite a few things. Uh, number one, I would say you have to make a good turn. Turn is what creates coil and torque, and that's what leads to the distance in your swing. Uh, 80% of women cannot hit it over 200 yards, and mostly that is because women tend to be arms lifters versus turners. So a great swing thought for your listeners is uh, to turn the lead shoulder. So if you're a right-handed golfer, to initiate your backswing, I want you to think of turning your left shoulder, uh, again, that lead shoulder, to turn the shoulder that will create that big turn. Once you create the turn, where I see with the amateur gentlemen who are golfers who, who struggle with distance, they make this good turn, but they get to the top of the backswing, and their first move in their downswing is that back right shoulder, their back shoulder, and they lose all the power and coil that they, that they loaded up with. So a great swing thought is if you think of, um, I want you to think of turning the shirt in the backswing and turn your pants in the downswing. So if you, you cut your body in half, you know, you want to wind up with your upper body and unwind with your lower body. So turn the shirt in the backswing, turn your pants in the downswing. And again, relax that grip pressure because tension is a clubhead speed killer. So for speed, I, I, a great piece of advice is to take a deep breath out, you know, right before you're about to take your, your uh, backswing. Don't hold your breath in your swing, but just that nice, that helps relax the muscles, relax the hand pressure. And again, I think that your listeners will gain some yardage with that. 
Lisa, I'm trying that shirt pants thing right now, standing up <laughs> in the studio. It's working for me. <laughs> it's a good swing thought. It's a really simple. I'm a big fan of simple swing thoughts. And I, I just uh, I, I just released my instructional video this year. I had so many people. I've done um, uh, I've done clinics uh, on the PGA Tour and Champions Tour, like on a on a, a day for the public that they've come out, and everyone kept saying, "Oh, Lisa, I'd love to see your tips and video," um, because I, I just I wanted to help golfers with simple swing thoughts to be able to hit the ball longer, straighter, and better. Being who you are and traveling, being a golf ambassador, speaking, having such a unique golf talent, who is the most excited? Who, who, who is the person you were most excited to meet? Oh, goodness. You know, I have to tell you, I've had the good fortune to meet so many incredible players. Um, you know, Jack Nicholas, Annika Sorenstam, you know, absolute legend. Steve Elkington, I, I, did, I, I was on his show, actually, and had a chance to, he was with me at the range, and we talked swing thoughts and swing tips and stuff. But I would have to say it was Mr. Palmer, Arnold Palmer. I had an opportunity to meet him at uh, Pebble Beach. And, you know, no wonder there was Arnie's Army, and, you know, no wonder he's the king, because he was just so kind and so gracious and chatted with myself and my husband and we got a picture together that I that I absolutely hold dear um, that well, on the first hole at Pebble Beach and you know to watch Arnold Palmer hit driver on at a US Open venue was just you know something I will always always remember now going from legends of the game to average folks what kind of reaction do you get from golfers out there when you get paired up with them and they see you <laughs> hit the ball a mile it, it must well, blow their minds it's quite funny because like, typically if I'm playing with my husband, we'll get paired with two guys. And the first thing I get is the look. And the look is something like, oh, great, I got paired with a chick. You can just <laughs> see it in their eyes. You like, oh, beauty, you know, I'm playing, you know, this great course and I've got to play with the, with the girl, right? So, so that's always quite funny, uh, you know, on the, on the first tee box. But then once I hit it, maybe... 40, 50, 60 plus yards by them, they either ask me a million questions or walk down the other side of the fairways. So usually, usually by the end of the round, I can, I can be chatting with them and, and, you know, talk about this beautiful sport of long drive and, you know, how people, you know, you know, how fun it is and, you know, the opportunities that, that it's presented me, you know, to, again, travel all over the world uh, from what I've done. But it's quite a, quite a funny reaction when, like, they just can't believe it. As I said, you know, almost 80% of golfers, are female golfers, struggle hitting it over eight, um, uh, 200 yards. So when they hit, see a woman hitting it 300 yards, you know, it just blows their mind. She is Lisa Longball, the seven-time Canadian Long Drive champion. You can see her on the Golf Channel in a few weeks at the World Long Drive Championships. Lisa, good luck, and thank you so much for your time. Well, absolutely honored. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully your listeners can tune in uh, because uh, it's, it's going to be quite the show at, uh, in Thackerville, Oklahoma, September 5th and 6th. Joe, we're giving away golf balls. Yeah! Anybody who likes our Facebook page, At The Turn, is going to be entered into a contest to win a box of Vice golf balls. As you know, Vice sponsors at the turn because Vice is great and at the turn is great. Uh, so we're going to give away some balls. All you have to do if you want to win some free Vice golf balls, log on to Facebook. If you don't have an account, you should probably create one anyways. Like at the turn and we will pick one lucky winner after the month of August to win a box of balls. Yeah, Vice, they make premium quality golf balls, half the premium price. Nick, I saw some Vice TV commercials on the Golf Channel. Vice blowing up ever since they joined with At The Turn. They're getting that nice At The Turn bump. And of course, if you don't win the box of golf balls from Vice, you can get free shipping on the boxes of balls that you purchase by going to vice.com, 
purchasing your balls and using promo code TURN, T-U-R-N. Plug that promo code in and you're going to get some free shipping on your Vice Golf Balls. The World Long Drive Championship has been around since 1976. Evan Williams won with a drive of 319 yards. Last year, the United Kingdom's Joe Miller won with a drive of 423 yards. This year's War Long Drive Championships are coming up at the end of the month. You can see the finals on the Golf Channel. The winner takes home $125,000. Number one ranked long driver in the world is Maurice Allen. He's coming off back-to-back wins, and he was nice enough to talk to us. Here's our chat with Maurice. All right, joining us now is the number one ranked long driver in the world, Maurice Allen. Maurice, thanks for taking time. Congrats on your recent wins, rising to the number one ranking. Do you feel like you're the favorite going into the world championships in a few weeks? Um, to be 100% honest with you, haven't thought about it and don't care. <laughs> Why is that? Um, well, because at the end of the day, when you look at world championships, it's either 92 or 96 guys. Probably a good 60 of those guys have a good chance. And anybody who's in a spoiled long drive knows that it's all about a bounce and a roll. Uh, there is nobody out there who's dominating. There's nobody out there who is significantly greater than any other competitor. Um, so I think even if you look at the tournaments that I've won, you know, if you, you look at them in depth, there's something where a bounce went my favor or a bounce did not go in somebody else's favor. So most times when you play these tournaments, if you play them back again, the chances of you getting the same winner twice or three times or four times in a row are slim and none. Uh, so that's the humbling part of, of long drive. I know it's a adrenaline and almost ego-type sport, but at the same time you understand that it's it, there's so many good guys out there, you just never know what's going to happen. Everybody loves to crush a drive. Everyone who's played golf knows that feeling, and it's probably the feeling that keeps people coming back to the game. Is is that what got you hooked into pursuing long drive as a career, just how awesome it feels to crush one, and when you can crush one farther than other people, you just kind of pursue it? Or what? What? how did you get started in, in pursuing long drive? Yeah, the thing with long drive is I didn't play junior golf. I didn't play collegiate golf, so I didn't do any of that. Uh, one of my friends, Pretty much bet me I was an athletic and I hit a golf ball. And then they talked to my cousin, and I went to this long drive competition. They told me to try it out, and I did, and I was good at it. So pretty much like anything else, if you're good at something, you say, okay, well, I'll give it a try. And then from there, it kind of bit a hold of me, and I stuck with it from there. As someone who trains to be the best in the world at long drive, how often do you touch a club that isn't a driver? Like, would it be detrimental to work on your short game as someone who plays long drive? Uh, no, for me, I actually do it the opposite way. I spend a lot of time hitting wedges, but not in the way how the average person does it. Um, I don't hit a lot of half shots. So to try to save my body and to also increase my uh, motions through my swing, I have this thing where if I can hit a lob wedge – about 135 to 145 yards, then that's when I know I'm ready to compete. And the swings are a little different, yeah, when you're hitting down versus up. But um, a lot of times that's that's what I do. I hit a lot of 100-yard shots. I I really work the mechanics of the body, especially when I'm in Atlanta practicing. I love the range that I go to up there, and they have this green 
that's 135 yards out, Big Island Green, uh, kind of resembles sawgrass, and that's that's just my target. Very rarely do I hit golf balls with a driver that often. You kind of touched on this. But my next question was going to be, does your distance trickle down throughout your bag? And uh, oh, if you were to have yeah. if you were to have like a pitching wedge hitting contest, how far you think you could you could get that pitching wedge out there? Uh, I just played around the golf this morning, uh, and I hit a pitching wedge 189. <laughs> That's a three wood so, for me. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a, it's a little different. Uh, I mean, the the beauty of it would be you can shoot decent golf rounds as a long driver. Uh, the scoring may be the difference, but you know, traditionally you don't have to hit anything off the tee that's too long. I mean, you know, if you can keep the ball in play, you'll always have a shot into the green. Uh, as long as there's nothing obstructing your view or your way. And then from there, you get on the green and you two play and you go home. Uh, and you can actually play, you know, 70s, low 70s, mid 70s kind of golf that way. Uh, the difference between that and playing on the tour, obviously, is you have to be able to score. You have to be able to put the, the ball in tight on the pin. And that's where you would see the difference because a lot of people say, oh, well, these guys are driving par fours all the time. Why don't they go play to- on the tour? And they are absolutely completely different beast and animal. But you can play good local club golf with that. Working off your answer at the, the start of the interview where you said there's probably 60-some-odd guys who have a realistic shot of winning any of these long-drive events, what about professional golfers, someone like a DJ or a Bubba? How do you think they would fare in long drive? Well, if you look at Tony Finau, Tony Finau started out as a long driver, from my understanding. Him and his brother Gipper, his cousin Ben Tuone, is still a long driver and one of the top in the world currently. Um, I, I'm not certain. I believe if you took you know, a few of the guys, Gary Woodland, Bubba, DJ, those guys, Tony, and you decided to say, hey, we're going to give you four or five months, and we just want you to work on swinging it fast. Do so I think that they could really get up there on the long drive guys you know those guys are absolute impeccable athletes so i would not put it past them i think with the 10 degree loft or the nine degree loft drivers i don't foresee that being a way of doing it but if you put a two and two degree crank driver in their hand and you know a 47 or a 46 inch shaft and told them they had eight balls to get one of them in the fairway and absolutely smoke it and hammer it yeah i think those guys could absolutely compete what uh, do, you, do you hit off a launch monitor very often? And uh, what are your swing speed and ball speed if if you if you have that information? I'm just curious about that. Um, very seldomly do I actually hit off of a launch monitor. Um, I looked at my numbers during the clash in the canyon, and my numbers were 223 ball speed, and I think 150 and change on the swing speed was the highest that I got that day. And uh, you post some pretty intense workout videos on social media. How much of your training revolves around building speed in your golf swing? Uh, I don't know. I don't really know how to build speed in my golf swing. For me, it's more about if I work out like an absolute madman, when I step up on the tee box, it gives me just a psychological advantage over the competitors. It, It doesn't necessarily mean there's a physical advantage, but... Stepping up on the box and knowing that you've done everything that you possibly could do to prepare yourself for that point in time, that's really all that you can ask for as a hitter. Um, 
So when you say prep yourself for speed, I do the same stuff I did when I was playing football, running track, and playing baseball. So I'm not certain exactly because I don't have the golfing background. What do you do for speed for golf? I know what you do for speed in other sports and how do you stay fast. You know, you do a lot of running, a lot of rope drills, things of that nature. But for golf, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Maurice, long drive is gaining a lot of momentum as a sport. Obviously, the partnership with the Golf Channel has helped a great deal. It's on TV a lot. It's a great thing just to throw on when I get home from work, just kind of enjoy it for an hour or so. Uh, You're certainly playing a role in the popularity spiking. So where do you see long drive as a sport right now, and where do you see the potential of it? Um, I think right now long drive is definitely on the upswing, Uh, definitely Big, big, big thank you to the Golf Channel for rescuing us from where we were a few years ago. I think Long Drive was about to fall off of the map, um, and Golf Channel came in. They bailed us out, and to be honest with you, I think in the next few years, you'll almost see it take a rise like you would with Top Golf. If you look at the people who traditionally like or enjoy Long Drive, it's no different than the people who enjoy Top Golf. It's very fast-paced, action-packed, and that's what society is really going towards the traditional 18 holes and watching the game unfold is a little different because most times when you see it on TV, you're going from person to person to person, action packed, shot to shot to shot versus, you know, following Phil Mickelson for 18 holes and a lot of downtime that you see in the traditional stroke play game. So I would say in the next couple of years, the sky is really and truly the limit for where long drive can go. Now, I feel pressure every time I step onto the first tee and basically any tee when I have a driver in my hands and I know i got to try to hit one down the fairway. What's the pressure like for you knowing you might have one or two chances to hit one 450 yards if you're trying to, <laughs> on your last couple balls, trying to win a competition? Um, I really don't feel any pressure at all. Uh, I've learned over the last few years how to really understand what it is that I can do as a competitor and also to understand the things that I can control and what I can't control. So if I believe if I go out there and I put a good swing on it with a great move, then, you know, I may have a good bounce and I may win it. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of times when you absolutely hammer the ball and the guy just goes past you and you have to accept that for what it is and tip your cap off at him and tell him great job, but then you go back home and you train. But As far as pressure is concerned, uh, I think that's the thing that really separates a lot of the top-tier guys versus the guys who have absolutely amazing talent. The guys in the top tier, they just stay within themselves. They don't try to go and have a quote-unquote out-of-body experience and and try to really step outside themselves versus the guys, some guys who are less experienced with amazing talent will most times beat themselves because they're trying to do something that they don't really need to do to win. Maurice, the first thing that I saw of yours was your impeccable Ric Flair impression that went viral. We, we played that for our listeners at the top of the show. You looked very comfortable in front of the camera. Have you always been a showman? Uh, I've been in front of the camera from as long as I can remember. I was the youth of the year for the uh, state of Florida for the Boys and Girls Club. So at I think it was 13 years old, I was speaking in front of a crowd of I think 2,500 people at a gala. Um, I grew up around the University of Miami when they were through their championship run in the late ni- late 80s, early 90s. 
Uh, so I've seen what I believe is the excitement that people look for in sports. Uh, and no disrespect to what you see with the guys on the PG, PGA Tour or other long drivers out there. For me, if I hit the ball, I'm going to get amped up just because I know how hard I've worked to get to that point. And some guys, they just do the tip of the cap and that whole thing, but that's just not how I grew up, and that's not the the sports mentality that I've I've had in other sports when football or baseball or track and field when you do something great you're supposed to get excited you're supposed to get amped up and that's the big part of the entertainment side in sports people go and watch sports to be entertained and to marvel at the grace and beauty of the athlete so if you go there and you just tip the cap and you play it cool because you hit the ball 484 well how do the people get excited about that they you know that's why you look at the the Ryder Cup, people get really, really amped up about Ryder Cups and President's Cups because they have the opportunity to see the players kind of let their hair down or get really um, amped up about certain shots or just that type of camaraderie and competition. Look for him on the Golf Channel World Long Drive Championships. He is number one in the world. Maurice Allen, thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Joe, when Tiger Talk began, I was a little uh, lukewarm on it. Uh, last time, I was a little more excited about it. Yeah, you actually this week, spoke. This week, I'm driving the bus. But let's see it. There's all sorts of Tiger Talk this week. Um, we're going to start, number one, with uh, revisiting Tiger's little DUI. He had his uh, attorneys submit his plea. Tiger pled not guilty. I'm sorry. He pled guilty to reckless driving. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did not enter a plea for the DUI charge. If he completes his diversion program over the course of the next year, the DUI charge will be dropped. I imagine that that course will be completed and there will be no DUI on Tiger's record. We'll have to wait and see. In a year from now, we'll be having more Tiger talk and we'll be telling you if if the DUI got dropped or not. Um, Also important to note, this is not special Tiger treatment. This is standard protocol for anybody who gets a Dewey in Florida. So all the haters out there, stop acting like... You know, he's just getting special treatment because he's not. Your thoughts on this before I move on? No, that pretty much sums it up. We've talked about it in the past. It's not good. Uh, I hope that it gets resolved through the judicial process and that Tiger comes out a better man. That's all I have to say. Okay, that's great. Um, We're going to save the best for last. But first, Tiger announced, for some reason, that he's not dating Kristen Smith, contrary to some trashy journalism website that said he is. Um... Two worlds collided for you, Joe. Kristen Smith, the ex-wife of a former Cowboys player. I don't know who. Um, Gerald Sensabaugh. Was, was this one tear on your heartstrings? No. I mean, Tiger seems to have a type. Um, uh, Kristen Smith seems to be a jersey chaser, and she was with a Cowboy, and then she was with Tiger, and Tiger said, nope, we stopped dating a long time ago. That was a Daily Mail article. So I do want to bring this stat to you, courtesy of Sean Zach from Golf.com. So Tiger Woods... Despite not playing in any majors this year, Zach came up with an interesting stat of Tiger's tweets during the majors this year. So Wednesday, the week of the Masters, Tiger Woods tweeted out a link to a new book. Monday after the U.S. Open, he tweeted out that he was receiving help. That was shortly um, after the incident with the DUI that we just referenced. Friday of the Open Championship, he tweeted out his sweet new pool table felt, the Raiders Pool table felt. And, of course, Thursday, the week at the PGA Championship, he tweeted out Kristen Smith 
That's not my boo. So <laughs> it's... I wish that's what the tweet said. <laughs> so Tiger's had a really weird year. I just how are we in this place, Tiger Woods? How are we in a place where Tiger Woods is a guy that we goof on during the weeks of major championships as opposed to someone who is actually winning? For goodness sakes, John Daly teed it up in the PGA Championship recently. The guy's 51 years old. Those are the hardest 51 years any person could possibly live, <laughs> and he's still well enough to golf. Tiger, get well. Tiger, come back. I just want to say for the record that I'm not proud to be a part of this whatever you want to call it, who's like charting Tiger's tweets during majors and all this stuff. You know what? Like, I, it feels a little low for me, but well, it's I'm all not greasy. Proud. It's, it's very greasy, but Tiger does put that stuff out there. It's not like anyone's forcing him to do these things. He does. Um, last but not least, Joe, there is a documentary being released about <laughs> Tiger's affair. Um, with one of the women, I don't have her name in front of me. Somehow it got deleted, but it it looks like I saw like a one minute preview for it. It looks like since then it's been taken down. Um, it's the cheesiest, corniest reenactments. It's it looks like the biggest piece of trash documentary I've ever seen. As bad as part of me wants to watch it, I don't want to in any way support whatever publication is putting this out but have you seen like the previews for this i've heard nothing about this but i have to assume it's british i have to assume it's british they love this salacious stuff i don't know man i watched a one minute clip and it's like got these interviews but they don't like say who the who's giving the interview but it's like oh tiger had this secret itinerary and he had these secret text messages and da da da, da. and they have these like actor portrayals and the guy who's playing tiger it's it is comical like it should be a drinking game. You should you should like grab a six pack of your favorite beer and sit down with your buddies and watch this and just just mock it. Maybe I don't know. It just seems it seems comical. It just again, I don't want to go. We'll on post. A... I'll post a link to it. Um, if I can find a good clip of it, I'll post it on our social media. That's fine. I this this doesn't sound real. I again, I just hate that we're in this place with Tiger. I really do. Um, I prefer. When we talked about it in the last episode, he's out fishing with his kids. He's hanging out, working with some bros, living life in the Bahamas. It's not like it's a big mystery that Tiger Woods slept around and was a dirtbag during his marriage and probably still is when it comes to women. That's just the way it is. This isn't any revelation at this point. It just stinks that it's this way. I want it to stop. I want Tiger Woods to come back. I want Tiger Woods to play golf. I'm just tired of all this gossipy tabloid nonsense involving Tiger Woods. Ah. Yeah, I want to talk about him on the golf course. Winning majors, chasing the record, the comeback, you know, all that stuff. The Tiger Slam. Let's get another one of those. Well, that is our Tiger Talk for this week. I do want to thank our guests. Terrific guests this week. Lisa Longball, the seven-time Canadian long drive champ, Maurice Allen, the number one world-ranked long driver. You can see them both. That's the World Long Drive Championships on the Golf Channel. Also want to thank Vice Golf, premium quality golf balls at half the premium price. Promo code TURN, T-U-R-N, TURN, to get free shipping on those golf balls. Nick, any final thoughts? Um... No, my wife is calling me. She's probably coming home from work soon, so I, I better uh, I better cut out of here before I get caught. Time to go. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, yeah, hit it hard.
I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.